What a powerful name it is. Amen. You know, the, the power that comes from that name and, and the power that comes from the love that he has for us is just ultimately amazing. And, and you know, as, as you go through time and, and you look at what the Lord has done for us and, and you try and look into movies and, and you see how they kind of depict different things that are in God's word. And, and sometimes you totally miss it because you maybe didn't like the movie or you didn't watch it or you're thinking, hey, that's a secular thing. I can't do that. But it's what I want to talk to you about Star Wars. Y'all remember Star Wars, right? This whole trilogy, they got what, like 10 different movies out? I'm going to be honest with you, I've seen one. <laughs> but Star Wars, and I think what's interesting, if you look at the actual movie Return of the Jedi, during that movie, Luke purposely turns himself over to the Empire to try and save his father. And he kind of gives himself up to the dark side, and he's going to try and do all of this for his dad. And, and his sister's saying, you know, what are you doing? And he just keeps saying, I know there's something good in him. There's something good in him. i, I got to do this. And, and at the end of the movie, the emperor is actually about to kill Luke, and you have Darth Vader. And he's got to decide on whether he's going to let the emperor kill his son or give up all the power that he's got from the dark side. And he's got this battle going on inside. And of course, you know, for the movie, what does he do? He takes the emperor and he throws him down a shaft. And it basically kills the, the whole empire. And he chooses his son over his power. And as you look at it, as they're fleeing from the Death Star, you know, Darth Vader tells Luke to set him down and says, here, take off my mask. I want to see you with my own eyes. And, and he takes his mask off, and it's this really neat scene. And, and, you know, Darth Vader tells him, go, leave without me. Just go ahead and go. And, and Luke tells him that I can't. I, I can't leave you here. I can't, I, I can't take you. I've got to save you. And it's funny because the father says, you already have, Luke. You already have. Where Luke had already saved him from the darkness of, this, of the world. And, and understand this redeeming love that we see here for Luke and Darth Vader. Love has power. Love has power. You see it in the movies and you see it throughout God's word. And, and understand that. The power that love has, whatever we think is power, can never satisfy what love does or the power that love has. And today we're actually going to continue our series and we're going to look at contentment as we continue this whole talk about contentment. But look at what biblical contentment is, because I think there's a difference. If you remember back in week one, I told you I have a really hard time being content. You know, I, I have a hard time with it. And especially, you know, even when I look in God's word and, and I'm not in a, you know, I'm not feeling content and his word tells me be content, be content in all things. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. That's like my parents telling me this is what's for dinner. You're going to like it and you're going to eat it or next meal is breakfast. And so sometimes even in God's word, when we don't feel it, it's kind of hard. It's hard to understand. It's hard to go by it. 
because unfortunately we get caught up in everything else around in, in, in us. However, I may not always feel content when the Bible tells me to feel content, but when the Bible talks about the love that God has for me, I always listen. Because I know that's an unfailing love. I know it is more than anything I can ever do, any, ever possess, or ever have because his love has no limits. See, unfortunately, we have limits with our love. And you may be sitting there saying, Pastor, I have no limits. Well, I beg to differ. You know, we all love something. You know, I, I love my bride. And many of you, you, you love your husbands, your wives, girlfriends. You know, I love my grandkids. I love my grandkids more than I love my kids. I'm going to be honest with you. But, but see, we all have these different levels of love. And, and you know, and you say, well, that's love. Well, yeah, well, the English language, love means so much more because I love my dogs, too. You know, and, and we love pets. I love my car. I love my house. I love my job. Don't you all love your job? Come on now. Hey, hey, you're laughing way too hard to be my secretary. <laughs> but we all have all these different loves. So, so I think, you know, our love is kind of conditional. And I think Patty would be glad to know that as much as I love Thanksgiving dinner, I love her more. And it's a different kind of love. I love her more than I love the dogs. Although, you know, in the last six months, we've got two pictures of Patty and I together, and we've got 96 pictures of our dogs, you know. But, but it's that different kind of love. And, and unfortunately, in our life, I think we kind of scale love. It, it it's, comes down to not only the who, but the what and the why. And, and so our love has so many different facets in our life. So I thank God that his is not. And, and as we look at his biblical content, we need to know exactly that. God's love for you knows no limits. You are loved by the God of the universe forever. And, and unlike us, how fickle we are, understand God's love is unconditional. God's love is unconditional. We put conditions on love. We may not think we do, but I guarantee you there's a point with everyone of where the straw is going to break the camel's back on where your love ends. Because we put conditions on our love. So if you have your Bible, we're going to be in Galatians chapter 2. If you don't have a Bible with you, there is one in the back of the pew. And as always, it's one verse, so don't get lost on it. But it will be up here on the screen also. So Galatians Chapter 2, verse 20, and it says this. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. So, Heavenly Father, as we dig into your word today, Lord, there's, there's so much inside this one verse. But, Lord, as we look at this biblical contentment today, Lord, may we actually learn what it is and that we can actually be satisfied with the love that you have for us. And, Lord, I ask that you open our ears that we may hear, open our eyes that we can see what it is you want us to see. And may my words be your words, and may you be glorified. Make it so in Jesus' name. Amen. So, as we look at contentment, contentment should actually come from our relationship with Jesus. Uh, we, we should be content because of what Jesus has done in our lives. And 
back at the first week of this series, I actually read Hebrews 13, 5, and it said this, Keep your life free from the love of money. Be satisfied with what you have, for he himself has said, I will never leave you or abandon you. So, so as believers, our identity is in Christ. It's in his burial. It's in his resurrection. It's in the life that he lived that we live each day. Understand, when, when Jesus was crucified on Calvary, so were you. You were crucified right there with him. He had you on his mind when he went to the cross. And, and most of us don't think about that. He was literally thinking about you. He was thinking about me. He was thinking about each one of us and the love that he had for us. So therefore, when he was crucified, we were crucified with him. But we miss that so often because we just look at it as he died and rose again for us. Well, think of he thought about you at that very moment. You were on his mind. That is the difference in love, the love that we have and the love that he has. And understand that when we go before God as believers in Jesus Christ, he don't see us as the sinners that we are. He sees us as the crucified Christ. He sees us for what Jesus has done for us instead of what we do in our own lives. And understand, this means that any merit, anything we try and do to become content, you know, hey, I got to go get the latest vehicle. I got to go get this. I got to keep up with the Joneses. All these things that we try and do to become content are useless because what God sees is Jesus standing in our place. So instead of trying to get all of this stuff and be content on what the world calls content, we need to just be content on the love that God had for us. And the, knowing that Jesus gave himself up for us and that our old us, that evil us, needs to be put aside. We, we need to put our old self aside, even though we like our old self. I don't know too many people that don't like their old self. We may not like the, some of the stuff our old self did, but man, our old self could party hard, right? Our old self didn't go to bed at 9, 10 o'clock at night. We were just getting started. You know, but, but that old self is supposed to die once you accept Jesus as your Savior. And, and as you continue to move forward, you become less and less like the old you. Now, understand, we still have our own personalities. We still have our own intentions on what we want to do. We still have our own free will. So we can always do what we want to do, but is what we always do, is it always right? And when we look back at being crucified with Christ, should we do what we're actually doing? And that's where that question comes up. And that's where so many times you feel the Holy Spirit just getting into you and you're like, man, I need to not do this. I need to stop. And, and that's the Lord making you understand, hey, I am with you. You were crucified with me. I am there with you. We don't need to take this path. Unfortunately, what do most of us do? We kick down the door and we keep on going. Because it's so easy. You know, that old life is so much fun. And it's easy to fall backwards. But understand, even when we do that, his love hasn't changed. His love for you still hasn't changed, even though you may have fallen, you may have failed. His love for you will never change. It's unconditional. It, it just drives me crazy thinking about that. 
I, I think about how much he loves me and how many times I've failed him. And yet he still loved me. I'm like, man, I'm glad he's the God of the universe and not me. Because, man, there'd be a whole lot of people not going to heaven. Because I got a very short fuse. Yeah, I, yesterday I had a shirt on and someone was laughing about it. It said, <laughs> said grumpy old vet, I do what I want. I kind of live like that sometimes. I try and do what I want. And, and, and then God convicts me of, hey, you shouldn't be doing that. And then I got to, okay, God. And I got to kind of put my head down and, okay, Lord, you're in charge, not me. And, and remember the sacrifice that he's made for me. And understand, Jesus just didn't die just in order for us to go on living the way that we choose. He didn't die for us to live the way we choose. He died so that he could live in us and through us. And that he could use us to advance his gospel and get others to know who he is. You know, as we look at that, we live by faith. Faith is that reliance or that dependence. And as Christ followers, we should be dependent upon Christ as we go through our days. We should be dependent on what his word says. We should be dependent on how the Holy Spirit convicts us and guides us through this day. And instead, so many times we'll be dependent upon ourselves. You know that whole, your favorite three people, me, myself, and I? You know, because me, myself, and I know better than anybody. And, and we get so caught up in wanting to do what we want to do. And understand, he wants to live through you. He is in you. He wants to live through you. We need to be dependent on him, yielding to him in everything that we do. Actually being obedient to what he calls us to do. And, and understand that through Christ is not about keeping laws. It's not about keeping rules and regulations. He abolished that. Yes, the law is good. The law shows us how much, how money, how bad we are at sinning. Because Lord knows we all break the law. And unfortunately, as much as we say we don't live by the law, we live by laws every day. But the grace that he has given us to know that, that we can still approach his throne because of his grace that we can come to him because of the love that he had for us, the love that he has shown for us, and knowing that it is unconditional. So instead of us striving to be who we want to be, we need to be striving to trust him more and more each day and put our faith in him. Yeah, it, there's a song called I Hate, I So Hate Consequences. It's by a group called Reliant K that most of you have probably never even heard of. And the singer is is singing his song about all of these things he's trying to do and the consequences that he's having in life. And, and he's just going on and on. And, and when the singer finally decides to just pause for a second, and he's, he pauses and it actually says this. These are the actual lyrics. You said, I miss you, son, come home. Because what he's talking about in this whole song is, running and trying to be this person and get away from the one person that everyone in this world needs. And that person was Jesus. That person is God. And this is a Reliant K is not a Christian singer, but yet actually sings about how the God of the universe told him to come home. You know, calls him back home to be home as his son. 
And, and I think so many times we get caught up the same way. We get so caught up pursuing and chasing things of this world. And all he's doing is saying, come home. My daughter, my son, come home. Because we get so caught up. And, and, and as we look for contentment in this world, what the world gives us will never keep us content. You win the lotto, guess what? You're going to want more. That money's going to be nice. You're probably going to spend it pretty quick. But then what are you going to want? You're going to want more. Because you're never going to be content with what you have. And, and, and as you think of your life, are you really content or would you like something more? You know, I kind of like my toaster, but I like my air fryer more. Because I can do more with it. You know, I kind of I kind of like my vehicle and I, and I kind of like my you know Harley Davidson but you know it's it's like getting old maybe I need a new one and, and we get so caught up on replacing the old with the new instead we need to replace the old us with the new us which is found in Jesus and being who he called us to be relying on that love relying on that grace and, and moving forward think about one of the yeah, you know, I preached on it not too long ago, but John 3.16. Just think of the words. For God loved the world in this way. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. For God did what? He gave. He didn't take. He didn't ask. He gave. He gave his one and only son to die on a cross for you and for me. That's love. That is true love right there that we cannot comprehend. Talk about unconditional. He was willing to give up his son to die on a cross for your sins just so that you could spend eternity in heaven with him. Some of us don't want to spend an hour in church with each, each, with each other. God wants to spend eternity with you. Think about that. Back when COVID hit and you were kind of like stuck in the house with your family. First week was okay. Second week got a little bad. By week three, you were volunteering. Hey, I'll go work at the COVID clinic. I just need to get out of the house and away from these people. And we got so caught up, but understand, we can't spend that much time with our own family. God chose you to spend eternity with. Eternity is a long time. He chose you. Now, that's love. You know, I love my bride, but man, there's times I need to just, hey, I need to go sit on the front porch. I need to go get on my bike and take a ride. And I know my bride this time, she's like, man, I need to go to Aldi's or something. I need to go someplace away from him. You see, because we get under, we, we're able to get under each other's skin, but it's not that we don't love each other. But there's that time you get that friction in relationships. And, and it's hard to spend all that time together. He wants to spend eternity with you. Do you know anyone else in this world who wants to spend eternity with you and really truly want to spend eternity with you? Probably not. That's how much God loves you.
He loves you that much that he is that willing to do it. He sent his son to a cross. Think about it. Why was Jesus born? Because God loved you. Because God loved you, that's why Jesus was born. Why did Jesus live a perfect life here on earth? Because God loved you. Why did Jesus teach us all these things about God? Because he loves you. Why did Jesus go to the cross? Because God loves you. And why did he rise from the dead? Because God loves you. He loves you that much. And all of that is wrapped up for God so loved the world. Think about that. That's love. That is unconditional love. We don't deserve it. You can't earn it. It's freely given to you by the God who created the cosmos. Because he loves you that much. Now, of course, the question goes the other way. Do we love him that much? If he's willing to do all that for us, what are we willing to do for him? Are, are we willing to do what it says? Are we willing to accept this free gift of Jesus and live our lives for him? Knowing that we will be crucified with him, that he's going to live in us and through us, and that as we go through this life, we're going to do what he calls us to do. He gave us his son so that we could have eternal life. Because God wants you to spend time with him for eternity. And understand, John 3.16 says, shows us the only way home. The only way to spend that eternal life with God is through his son. And the only way anyone will ever get to heaven is not by buying things, not by doing a checklist. Well, I went to Bible study and I went to church on Sunday. It's by accepting Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior and truly living your life for him. It's not just a check mark. It's not just a to-do list. Trust me, after you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, he will have things for you to do, but it's not going to be things for you to check off on your checklist. It's going to be things to do for the greater good of his kingdom. Notice I said his kingdom, not ours, because we get so caught up in our world today and everything that we want, we need to be more focused on what he wants instead of us. And you think about it, that just totally blows away what culture says. Culture tells you, you've got to have a good work ethic. You've got to be able to do this. And, and like I say, he who has the most toys wins. So the culture's telling us one thing, and God's word's telling us another. Accept my son. Do what he calls you to do. Accept his love. Accept his grace. Be crucified with him. Put your old self away. Become a new person. And move forward. That goes totally against what the culture says. Totally against trying to be the biggest person on the block. You don't have to be. Guess what? Jesus is the biggest person on the block. And if you accept him as your Lord and Savior, he's there for you. He's going to be there for you. He's going to have that love for you. So all we got to do is believe in him. And I... As I was looking at this, I got to thinking about different parables that Jesus said. And, and I was looking in Mark. And Jesus actually explains what the kingdom of heaven is like. And, and he actually says this. In Mark 4, verses 26 through 29, he tells us this. The kingdom of God is like this, he said. A man scatters seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day. 
The seed sprouts and grows, although he doesn't know how. The soil produces a crop by itself, first the blade, then the head, and then the full grain on the head. As soon as the crop is ready, he sends for his sickle because the harvest has come. In his book, Kingdom, Grace, and Judgment, Robert uh, Kappen actually said this about this scripture. He says, it grows of itself in its own good time. Above all, it grows we know not how. Any bright ideas we might have about the subject will always and everywhere be the wrong ideas. Indeed, the wrongness will be proved simply by our having them. Because if the kingdom could have, could have made, been made to grow by this world of bright ideas, it would have sprouted up at least six times a day ever since Adam. Think about that. So, so here, as we look at this, it's not the kingdom doesn't grow by our craftiness. It doesn't grow by us. And as we look at this, the way the kingdom growth applies should be the same way that we pursue our contentment. I understand we, we could find contentment in this life through our accomplishments. And, and if, we, if, if we could, through our accomplishments, gain contentment, every one of us would be content. Think about that. We, we'd be content if we could actually gain it through, our, through our, what we do. Uh, think about the buffet of options this world would have. If we could make ourselves right with God through what we do, there'd be a whole lot of perfect people walking around this earth because what we, you know, we can't earn our way into heaven. But man, we'll certainly try, won't we? And so we can't do that. I mean, we see perfection. And understand this, the only path to God is through belief and the only place of rest we will find is in the love of God. The only place we will ever be content is in him. And like I said at the beginning, God's love for you knows no limits because you're loved by the God of the universe forever. Forever. And unlike us, us fickle people in this world, God's love for you is unconditional. When's the last time you put unconditional on anything? Everything in our life we put conditions on. Whether we honestly think we put conditions on it or not, there's conditions on everything in our life. Even you think about what of us as a church, what if we did not look at things with conditions and we actually did what God's word calls us to do and we showed people the love of Christ? What difference could you make in your family? in your job, in the community, if you truly did what God called you to do. And if you truly showed his love to the people around you, how much of a change would it make? And then the question would be, is it worth that change? Yes. Any change that we can make that will bring glory to God and show his love is a great change in order to do. The problem is we would tend not to do it because why? We're afraid of change. But pastor, that's how it's always been. But this is what we've always done. 
Don't you understand that? And, and even in your life. Well, don't you know on Thanksgiving Day, I'm going to watch my Cowboys play football. I'm going to decorate the outside of my house on Thanksgiving Day, and then I'm going to eat turkey that was cooked that morning because that's what I do on Thanksgiving because that's what I've always done on Thanksgiving. For as long as I can remember, that's what I've done on Thanksgiving. So now the question is, why do I do that? Because it's become a habit. It's become what I do. It's become that point of Thanksgiving's coming. Oh, man, I got, I got to trim the hedges out front so I can put the decorations out. And if I trim them now, I won't have to trim them again till after Christmas so they'll be good and the front yard can be decorated. And I start going through this whole checklist of stuff. That means absolutely nothing. It's actually pretty much a waste of time, you know, the more I think about it. But guess what? I'm still going to do it on Thanksgiving because that's what I do. But to actually think about the love that God has for me, that he sent his son to die on a cross, and I worry about having twinkling lights out in front of my house so that people drive by can go, oh, Christmas is coming. Yeah, maybe I need to put something out there that says Jesus is coming. Because Jesus is coming back and this world needs to know who Jesus is. But as soon as you put that out there, what's going to happen? If my neighborhood, my HOA is going to lose it, and I'm going to get calls, and then I'm going to go get letters in the mail telling me i got to remove it, and then I'm going to have to fight with them and argue with them. But that's sometimes what we need to do. He loved you enough to die on a cross for you, and we won't love him enough to allow for a little controversy in our life because someone may not like us talking about him. Find contentment in who he is. Find contentment in your life on what he has done in your life. Remember, he is living in you and through you. This morning we did communion as a remembrance of him. We need to remember him every day. We need to remember him as we walk, as we talk, as, as we go through this life. Remember what he's done for you. And remember that his love for you is unconditional. Unconditional. No matter how bad you mess up, no matter how jacked up you are in your life, he still loves you that much. He loved you enough to send Jesus to the cross to die for you before you were ever born. Think about that knowing every sin you'd ever do. And some of us look back on our life and be like, man, he died for all of that. And he still loved me enough to bring me to him so that I would accept him as my Lord. Knowing how messed up I was, knowing what I did, he still accepted me. And he accepted you right where you are. That's unconditional love. That is being content in what the Bible calls us to being content in. Being content in the love of Christ. Be content in the love of Christ each and every day. And maybe you're here and you join us church online or you're here in the room and you say, Hey, Pastor, that's really good. I've never accepted Jesus and, and my life is messed up. Welcome to the crowd. Our life is messed up also. 
God's word says we're all sinners and we all fall short of the glory of God. So, hey, you're a sinner, we're a sinner. We can all go around. I'm a sinner, you're a sinner, we're a sinner too. Because we all sin, we all fall short of the glory of God. So you're in good company. You can go, man, I'm messed up and I'm jacked up. And I'm going to say, yes, you're messed up, you're jacked up, but you're also loved. And in God's word, it says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's the beginning. That's where you start to take the old you and put that old you off and become that new person that he's called you to be. In some cases, it's that quick. In other cases, it's a process. And it takes time. And it could take a year. could take 30 or 40. It could take longer. Because I want to let you know, no one in this room is perfect. No one in this room will ever be perfect until we see Jesus face to face. Every one of us are still trying to get there. We're still working out that salvation. God's word says you work it out. So we're working out our salvation each and every day. That working out that salvation is trying to be more and more like Jesus. And it starts by having that love that he had for others. So if you're here today and maybe you're just like, man, Pastor, why are you, why are you putting like microphones in my house? And you know I don't show love like that. Pastor, you know I, I got conditions on everything in my life. I even got conditions on God. I, I got conditions where he can be in my life and conditions where he can't be in my life because, you know, I like to straddle this fence. Well, maybe today's the day you got to get off the fence and say, you know what, if he wants to spend eternity with me, I need to start spending this life getting ready to spend eternity with him. Man, I got some family and friends who don't know him. And I want them to spend eternity. I may not like them here that much around me, but I do want to spend eternity with them. I don't want them to spend eternity separated from God. I want them to spend eternity with God. So I want to encourage you that during this final song that if there's something that's holding you back, give it to God. If there's something that's keeping you from showing the love that he shows for you, give it back to God. If you've never accepted Jesus, come up and do it today because God's word says today is the day of salvation. Or maybe you've been playing Christian. Well, I accepted Jesus when I was nine years old, and and I definitely ain't living the life. I thought it was cool. Me and all my buddies went up and accepted Jesus together, and and now I don't know if I really did. I kind of question what I've done in this life, and I question the life that I'm living in, and, and maybe I need to get serious and take off this Christian mask and really follow him. We can come up here and we can talk about it. We can pray about it. And you can leave here today knowing for sure where you will spend eternity.
Heavenly Father, we come to you today, and Lord, we just thank you. We thank you for who you are and what you do. We thank you that your love is unconditional. And Lord, help us to understand how to have that same unconditional love. Because Lord, there's so many times in our life we put so many conditions on everything. Lord, help us to see those in our lives the way that you see us. And Lord, that, that we understand that we have been crucified with you. So therefore, we live for you. And Lord, we ask that you continue to speak to us, speak through us. And Lord, that you will use each of us in a mighty way. And Lord, if there's anyone here in this room or join us for church online that doesn't know you, Lord, I would ask that they make that move today. That they would come to accept you as their personal Lord and Savior. And that they will truly know where they will spend eternity. And Lord, is anyone here who's been even putting conditions on your love or how much of you they allow in their life? Lord, that they will make a move today, that they will allow you to fully take over their life, that they will understand that you love them that much and that you want to spend eternity with them, and Lord, make it so we see the way you see and make us pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks again for joining us here today at FBC Lantana for Church Online. And, and, and if, if you enjoyed what you saw today, I'd just like to ask you to go ahead, go to our website and, and help support this ministry as we try and outreach and reach the lost for Jesus Christ. And you can just go to our website, fbclantana.com slash give, um, and you can make an online donation right there. Again, I encourage you to get connected to a local church, and especially if during this message you felt compelled to accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, definitely go tell somebody. Let someone know because that is the greatest decision you could ever make in your life. And, and from there, get connected to a local church. Hey, we would love to provide you with some resources with that. You can go to our website, fbclantana.com, and on the very front page, you say, Give My Life to Jesus. Click on there, and at the bottom of there, there's some links and some good information for you. And just wanted to say, welcome to the family.
Your promised Messiah.